right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. F that. You don't got time to say. All right? Let's go. Break it. Break it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. I'm Derek Johnson with Nick Springer. Hey! And on today's edition of RCST, we're going to be joined by Kevin Flaherty coming up at 340. We got two RCST trivia matchups as we are moving on to the sizzling 16. Those should be fun. We got a 113 matchup, Justin and Chris, 3-7 matchup with Kyle and Steve, both on the right end of our bracket. Uh, we're going to break down KU football, making a couple of additions in the transfer portal. Zuby Edge for picking St. John's. We'll get to that and plenty more on today's edition of the show. Baseline, though, with KU losing players, not getting the commitment of Mbako, all that sort of stuff. Uh, KU has three open scholarships right now. That's what we know. And Are we sure about that? Well, no, no. The correct answer <laughs> is no, because would it shock you at this point with how crazy this offseason has been if somebody out, like if a freshman coming in was like, eh, actually, I don't think I'm going to play. I'm gone. Or if like player that maybe maybe for all we know like somebody is gonna commit to kansas like just called bill self as we're talking right now and is like hey i'm coming to kansas we don't know about it so they have two scholarships i don't know i don't know what if they give a scholarship to jankovic see that wouldn't make sense because okay so here's why so this okay. is actually an interesting discussion no, okay. no i'm glad okay. you brought this up i'm just curious no i'm, I'm actually glad you brought this up because okay. i have actually Good. seen a, a few this is a very small few i don't like to be the guy who's like did you see all these people oh, yeah. saying this? And then oh, there's like two people responded like to you on somebody, Twitter. Yeah, somebody's on Twitter. It says yeah. they're like, dude, everyone on social yes. media is saying, saying this, this thing. Like one person. <laughs> there's always small subsects of everyone. But nonetheless, I have seen a few people. Uh, I'm not <laughs> trying to oversell this. I, I say this question. Why okay. not just give him a scholarship if you're not going to fill up the scholarships? Well, because here's why. In a normal year, go for it. If In a normal year where you don't have self-imposed sanctions and you're like, eh, we only have 12 scholarship players, let's just give a walk on our 13th scholarship as a make good. Sure, why sure not? Yeah. go for it. This year, though, it behooves Kansas that to have more walk-ons, honestly. Like, if they have players who are in the transfer portal right now and they're like, I want to walk on, <laughs> then you take them and, and you would immediately think like, but you have all these scholarships to fail. Why do you want them to walk on? Because think about it. If you hypothetically, let's say Kansas could add three players today, all could be walk-ons, okay, and they would have enough bodies to play. Stop, stop but then the they bus. could use up all of their lost scholarships in one year. South the bus. Okay. When you get into that thing, you just get into a chasing your tail situation. What do you mean? You're just chasing your tail. Just give like at that point. What like what? What are we doing? Just give them the scholarships. Who cares? Screw the IARP whatever crap. <laughs> I mean, like you understand where you're. Just, it's a circular. It's like an no, oxymoron. I don't understand what you're. No, I, I don't understand because here's the think about this: if you play this season with ten scholarship players, but you have one or two players who realistically probably could get a scholarship, but they're walk-ons, then that means you have used up all three of the required you needed to for the self-imposed sanction. Then just give them the scholarships and don't do the sanctions. What? 
No, because then you would have full scholarships the next two years. And if you give them the scholarship, you would not have full scholarships the next two years. But if you just say You're screw just it, saying, don't do it at all. Like, screw the NCAA, screw the IRP, let's just break every rule. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Just be renegades I'm not of college basketball. I'm not condoning that, but I would not be mad if it happened. They don't invite you to the NCAA tournament. You show up anyway. Like, we're playing. Yes. You can't stop us. Agree. Just 100%. everything they say, you just say no. Yes. Just become the villains. <laughs> Okay. Realistically, how many should they use? Because I do think that conversation is real that um, if at this point with depleting options, if you would have added McKenzie and Baco, maybe you could have convinced yourself that, yeah, let's add two more players. Let's add a developmental center or another body at center, and then we'll use another scholarship on, on somebody else. But even then. But now I, you're in the same situation where you might get a developmental center and then somebody else, and you still have one scholarship left. That yeah. would have gone to Mbako, but you didn't get him. And I think that's where I'm kind of at. I feel like the sweet spot for me is having 11 scholarship players this year. I'd agree with that. How, to where you, you can, at this point, you're at nine. Because now you would be two. Right. You have three openings right now. In, imposing. But you'd two. be using two of them. And then you'd be, so you'd be able to go out and get a wing, and you'd be able to go out and get a backup center. And then you would have one open space from the original. So at that point, you'd be playing with 11 scholarship players, which means you would be scathing off two scholarships this year. Which, look, what happens in February and March? Bill only plays seven, with seven games. scholarship yeah. players anyways. <laughs> right. So I don't think it's a big deal. Um, I think that's the smartest way to do it. You play with 11 scholarship guys next year, and then that way you have to only lose one scholarship over the following two seasons. So one year you can be full, one you only have to lose one. Now, going sure, back yeah. to this idea, though, what if you are able to get, let's say you get one scholarship player who's a wing. Okay. That gets you to 10 scholarship players. Sure. And you then you that. are able to add a center who would be willing to walk on. Why wouldn't you just make him a scholarship? Because then you would be using all those scholarships that you have to lose in one year. Okay, but you're going to have to, it's going to be NIL. It's going to be one way or the other. How do you mean? Like, if he's going to be coming, if it's if he's good enough to, to, to be on the team, to be the backup center, why would he walk on? I don't know. There could be other pieces there. Because he would be getting NIL. Sure. So it's like the same difference. No, it's not. Basically. No, because then you would be using all of your scholarships for the self-imposed sanctions in one year. Yeah, but he's, you still would be giving him the money as like a quote-unquote scholarship, like the workaround crap. Yeah, but the, the NCAA wouldn't see it that way. He'd be viewed as a walk-on. They might see it that way. No, I don't think they would. I mean, they can't control not, the NIL I mean, they're stuff. not smart enough to figure it out, I don't think, but they might be. No, that that's not how it works. They don't get to view... The NCAA doesn't get to view all these players as being like, oh, I know you're a walk-on, but says here you made $18,000 in NIL this year. Sorry, you're a scholarship player now. They don't get to do that. Well, I know. I'm so confused. What you, okay. You're confusing me. I don't know what I did to confuse you. Nonetheless, I'm basically saying there's an avenue out there where KU can knock out their entirety of their self-imposed scholarship sanction in one year. And all it would take is you add one more scholarship player and one more player who would be maybe good enough to maybe get a borderline backup scholarship, but would be willing to walk on. And whether that's using the NIL workaround or whether that's using, you know, some sort of connection or family tie or um, 
in-state tuition thing, like something that you could make that work. But I think no matter what, like at this point, if you're just talking about filling up the roster with players that you look at as being part of the either the rotation or the immediate aftermath of the rotation, meaning you would be in line to maybe crack the rotation should an injury happen or something like that. Wing wing and center. Wing and center. Those are the two. You're pretty covered at guard. Like, you look at all the positions. Ideally, you would like to have, I think, and this is just me speaking here, um, I think ideally you would like to have coverage at every position three times. Do you have players that can cover every position three times? So, like, point guard. Dewan can play point guard, El Marco can play point guard, Arterio can play point guard. Check. Right? So you have three. Yes. Shooting guard. Oh, uh, Arterio can play shooting guard, El Marco can play shooting guard, Timberlake can play shooting guard. Check. Yes. There's three. Okay. At the three, I guess technically you could use those same guys. Uh, I've mentioned mm. the, the lineup a lot of times here about how at small amounts of time, KU threw out Dewan, Bobby, lineup. and Joe all, yeah. at all times. And I mean, lineup. during but the. Listen, when that lineup was on the floor, it was not good. No, it wasn't. But also keep in mind but that's because they would be better this year. Bobby couldn't really score and Joe was inconsistent. And also Joe was as as much as Arterio, Marco, and Dewan would be a small lineup, Marco's still six three and a good athlete. Joe was what, five nine? Without shooting. Five ten? Right? Um Bobby was six foot? Maybe. Maybe. And Arterio six three. He's a little generous. Right. Nick Timberlake, 6'4". Um, and, and all three of those guys are good athletes that you add verticality to it, too. So um, I guess you could say that you have guy three ways of coverage there, and then you could also say that uh, Marcus Adams gives you coverage at the three, potentially. Uh, Chris Johnson could give you, give you coverage at the three. He could also give you coverage at the two, probably. Jamari McDowell could give you coverage at the two or the three, right? So now you have, you have plenty of options there. Um, if you bring on a wing, there's another guy. So you have plenty of coverage there yes. at the four position. Um, KJ Adams, Marcus Adams. Marcus Adams. But if you bring it on to the wing, dude. Okay, that's so annoying that they're both last named Adams. <laughs> it'll it'll be that's interesting for for KJ because um, if if you have we're we're used to just seeing Adams on the back of his jersey, it'll have to say K Adams now on the back of it. Mm, if you bought a KJ wait, Adams jersey, do you get a refund? It has to, right? You can't have two guys on the same team with. Well, like, couldn't it say? But isn't KJ Adams Jr. So couldn't it say Adams Jr. and then Mark Adams would just say Adams? I guess. I guess that's possible. I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, Come on, man. I thought you were the Jersey expert. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know. But anyway, with KJ and Marcus, that's two coverage. And then if you had a wing, there's your three people who can give you coverage at the four. More than likely, yeah. And then at the center position, you have Hunter Dickinson. You have KJ Adams. You had a center. Boom. You have three players who can give you coverage at the five. So that's that uh, I think is kind of the perfect workout. And then it's up to Bill Self figuring out the roster. Smash that all together. Correct. Um, you and I trying to work that out would not go over well. Yes. Now, would you would you consider it all? And I I don't even know who the play- I feel like you're about to say something stupid. Probably. Okay. Uh, always a fifty fifty chance. I don't even know who the player would be because I don't know who's still out there at this point. Like I've only really paid attention to who's still out there at the wing and center for those reasons. Those are the positions that make sense for Kansas at this point. Yeah. If there is a good. Combo guard, shooting guard type that's out there. Would you consider that at all? Why? Just because it's like trying to figure out how you fill the roster, and it's like, what if, what if you can't get the wing to commit to you? What if you can't get the wing? What so if you want to run four guards? Well, I don't know. I guess that's the question I'm asking. Like, what if four guards with Dickinson? That's your lineup. 
four six. Well, foot I mean, three KJ, guys. four six foot three guys in Dickinson. No, I guess I guess what you would do is if you brought in another shooting guard, you're basically Nick Timberlake and the shooting guard are splitting up the three minutes. And then Arturio and or Marco Arturio, Marco, Dewan are playing the one and two, right? I mean, I guess. Like, is that one doable workaround That's to still where a tiny lineup? That covers you a little. I mean, you have KJ at the four or Marcus Adams at the four. If the guy was like, if there was just like randomly a 45% three-point shooter out there that could just spawn in for KU, that would be cool. That would be fine with me. I'd be okay with that. Well, I guess that's interesting because as as much as I agree that like the wing would be best for KU, somebody who can play the three and the four. If there's a six foot two, 45% three-point shooter out there, come on down. Seth Towns do anything for you? He's in his like eighth year of college. Who? He's always been injured. He uh, started at Harvard, then he had like three years of injury at Ohio State. <laughs> it was not a it was, it was not a serious question I asked you. Um, who's still out there? Okay, I'm looking at rankings now for shooting guards. Okay. Oh, Tyron Lawrence. Okay, this is a fun one. The guy from Vanderbilt. Yeah, the guy from Vanderbilt. He's not a 45 percent three point shooter, is he? I don't remember. And now the the projection on on three, which we've discussed many times, is. I don't know how reliable that is. It's a little uh, bit has him going to Auburn at one hundred percent. But he averaged he's six foot four. He's playing with the two and three. Thirteen okay. points per game, four and a half rebounds. Okay. Thirty six percent from three. No. No. So you need forty five percent. It's gotta be forty two percent. But I guess you could but make you already got the best shooter in the portal in Timberlake. So there's nobody else out there. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, I guess you could make the argument, though, that if it is a good enough shooting guard, you bring him in, he can play the three minutes. That suffices enough the need for a wing. You just have KJ and Marcus Adams at the but four. Is there even anybody like shooting. in the but draft that would do that? I just looked around at the guys that are there, and there's there's not many possible options. Okay. And, and so, that's part of the problem here, so too. So we're back to wing and center. Yeah, you're, back to, you're dwindling on options no matter what. We're back to what. Buffalo Wild Wings. Give me <laughs> wings and give me, I don't know, center cut. Whatever. Mm. <laughs> you think Buffalo Wild Wings has center cut steak? Anything? Is that a thing? Um, center cut, yeah, that's a thing, I think. I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I feel like we're venturing in an area we know very little about. Um, I love that. <laughs> KU, I think, ideally you're adding like one of Arthur Kaluma or Julian Phillips or, or one of those guys. But those guys are all in the draft. And point, who knows what's going to happen? Or bringing back Kevin McCuller. One of McCuller, Kaluma, or Phillips would be like... Striking gold, but yeah, man. If you if you miss out on if all those three, if all of them stay in the draft, or if you know two of them stay in the draft and one of them goes elsewhere, who's left? I don't know, and that's the problem because it doesn't look like there's a lot left at shooting guard either. It feels like you have your most options at center because all you're looking for at center is like either a developmental big or a backup big. There are enough options out there. Unless you'll be you able to fill to, that. Or I don't know if you want to talk about this on Thursday with the end of the transfer portal. Grant yeah, Nelson. it's too big. Yeah, we'll we'll get more into that on Thursday. But yeah, I okay. mean that that is a real option of of playing two big basketball. Twin, twin towers. Yeah, it is Lord um, of the Rings two style. So I, I guess that would certainly go up there about as high as anything. I think the point though that that I'm kind of at is of the two scholarships, another way of looking at it besides needing one wing and one center is you need one impact player and one backup. Like left to get on your team? Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. And when I say impact player, that is a very vague thing because I'm not saying he has to start. Yeah. He comes in, he could sit behind KJ Adams. That's fine. He could be in front of Dick Kimberlake, behind him at the three, whatever. But it has to be an impact player to the sense of, I think it has to be someone who's part of the rotation. So basically one of your top seven players, essentially. Probably, yeah. Which, if it's a wing... Which, that's going to be tough to do. 
Right. But somebody who's playing 20, 25 minutes a game. Now, if it is Kaluma or Phillips, like obviously those or McCuller coming back, that checks the box. More. Um, so I think that that's the way I view it. Get one more impact player. Get one more player who can fit into the rotation and give you 20, 30 minutes a game and impact you on a positive run to trying to win a title. And then the other player you bring in can be a backup. It can be somebody who never cracks the rotation, is just a spot player, is just a player that in case of injury or in case of foul trouble or in case of, you know, you're blowing this team out or you're getting yeah. blown out and you, you put them in late. That's kind of how I view that. I agree with that. Yeah, 100%. The the two big thing is is very interesting. Yeah, we will talk more about this Thursday. Are you, We're not gonna are have a you show a tomorrow. Lord of the Rings fan? I mean, I've seen them. I twin, think I've the, seen them all. Twin Towers. Or two yeah. towers. Not Twin Towers. Two Towers. Twin Towers is uh something else, which you know, sad. Oh. Mm. Oh. I wasn't even thinking that. <laughs> Way to go. I was just thinking two towers. You brought the whole but show. I don't down. know why I kept saying that. I don't even know where to go from there. Oh, sorry. We just end the show now? I I guess. I don't know. Okay. Just pack it in. Call it okay. a day. I guess so. I mean, can we go? Can we? Can we go any lower? Mm. All right. He's Nick Springer. <laughs> I'm Derek Johnson. Phenomenal opening segment. Uh, Kevin, <laughs> one Flaherty of our best, I think. Actually, to join us at 3:40 here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk to talk a little more uh, KU basketball transfer portal, a little KU football recruiting. We have two RCST trivia matchups coming at you in the four o'clock hour. We also get to uh, some more on the latest news with KU football, adding a couple transfers, Zuby Edgefer trades for St. John's, and uh, plenty more. But coming up next, Ernest Uday has some visits set up, and boy, is the visit list interesting. Next on RCST. Welcome back to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson on KLWN. Two more RCST trivia matchups coming at you next. But first, we talk to Kevin Flaherty of 24-7 Sports. And uh, you can check out a recent piece that, that Kevin just wrote about how Kansas's outlook to winning a title certainly varies from other recent title winners in terms of the lack of returners to the team. And it's it's obviously interesting because... Kansas does have experience, right? Like Dwan Harris, older player. KJ Adams will be an upperclassman. Uh, Nick Timberlake will be in year six. Hunter Dickinson will be in year four. But I, I think the question that is on my mind the most is, does this almost feel like a guinea pig season to where we figure out what matters more for Bill Self? Because we know the best Bill Self teams have been the experienced ones. But what matters more? Is it just experience in general? Or is it experience in his specific scheme? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I, I do think that this is a guinea pig season of sorts. And, of course, it's funny. You know, I write that article, and, you know, if Kevin McCuller winds up deciding to come back to Kansas, and <laughs> all of it's kind of moot because Kansas would, would then check off the boxes that uh, the previous title winners have. And I actually went through uh, – through CBS Research, so uh, shout out those guys. They they do a great job. And the last national title winner that returned fewer than three guys with multiple starts the previous season was Arizona in 1997. So uh, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so you, but you look, you look at it, and you know there there are some, and I I probably shouldn't mention this one either. But, the, you know, there there are some close calls. You know, 2016 Villanova mm, doesn't is exist. one where I think, the third, I think the the other one is, you know, with that team, they had two guys who were who had 
you know, started a bunch of games the previous year. The third guy, I believe, was Josh Hart, who had started like two games the previous year. So they literally just skirted that line of, of multiple starts. But, yeah, it goes all the way back to 1997. And like you said, it's not that Kansas is going to be rolling out, you know, a lineup with five freshmen or anything like that. These are experienced guys. You know, half of them could have wives and mortgages by now. But they're not necessarily experienced at Kansas and experienced in playing under Bill Self. And, you know, there are a lot of reasons that we look at transfers differently than we do other players on one hand they can provide an immediate impact on the other hand transfers in their first year after transferring most of the time and i mean this is an overwhelming majority of the time they aren't as good in their first year at their new home as as they were at their previous place and there are a lot of reasons for that you know even beyond all the things we just talked about you're going to a new school you're in new settings you know you eat lunch in a different place than you you see there's just a different comfort level with it and so i think this year with the roster that kansas has it is going to be a really fascinating case study to say okay is it the experience that's the thing or is it the experience at this specific school that's the thing And, and it's going to be a really interesting question to ask because obviously the transfer portal gives you a, a chance to be experienced every single year, if not experienced at your own school. Well, right now, uh, certainly a bit of shockwaves to the, the local Kansas area after Mackenzie and Baco picked Indiana. And it leaves Kansas with, I guess, opportunity. They have three open scholarships now, but certainly the player options are dwindling. Um, and, and I guess that's without knowing a complete picture. Uh, it that's a rule right where for grad transfer side of things they they have they, like they can enter whenever right as far as the grad transfers go sure. okay so i guess sure. there, there may be some players that we don't know about who could enter the portal that are grad transfers but uh the nba guys would have had to enter by now and we have seen a couple with kaluma and julian phillips and whatnot uh grant nelson's out there all guys that could stay in the draft could come back who knows among the players that are out there right now that are still available who do you think would be the best fit what would be best for KU to go after at this point oh gosh that's tough because there there are guys who offer different fits I, I think I would love you know Nelson as a fit at Kansas with you know with the situation that he would be stepping into I just I feel like his skill level and the different things that he brings he's kind of more like an NBA four I think than than a college four and he can do a lot of the things that that Kansas really wants that position to do uh, but other than that you know it, it's kind of guys where you can see a fit here or you can kind of see a fit here but it might require some tweaking like you know, Damian Collins is a guy that's still sitting out there from from Kentucky, and he is just a bouncy, athletic guy, can block shots, but he doesn't have a ton of game away from the basket. So what do you do with that guy? Do you say, hey, you know, if we can bring him in, is this a guy that we try to get, you know, 10 minutes a game at center now that there are some open minutes there? Is this a guy that – you kind of try and shoehorn into the four a little bit because Dickinson can shoot, you know, from the outside and, and maybe that can help with some of the spacing concerns. I, I think it's really interesting because there are a significant number of those guys out there now where maybe it's not, 
the quote-unquote hand-in-glove fit that you would see with somebody else. But at the same time, you know, you you can see sort of a vision there. If Arthur Kaluma were to, to be there and were to come into Kansas, you can see him fitting in at that four spot. But he's a different kind of four than, than Jalen Wilson or, or some of those other guys that they've had through there. And so there aren't as many guys where you just look at it and you say, oh, that that's obvious. You know, Hunter Dickinson was obvious, right? Like you, you saw him enter the portal and immediately said Kansas. Like that makes a lot of a lot of sense. Nick Timberlake, when you looked at what Kansas wanted in that spot, made a lot of sense. Whatever you think about Arterio Morris off the basketball court, on the court, I don't think any of us doubted his fit at Kansas. It, it was a hand-in-glove fit. It made so much sense from a basketball standpoint. And so I think you're getting to the point now that barring somebody entering that that we aren't really thinking about or, or whatever else, there are a lot fewer of the guys who are definite fits, and there are more guys that you can kind of see a vision for, but you, you almost have to tilt your head a little bit and, and squint your eyes to, to kind of make it work. Could you make the case that if they did end up with Kaluma or Phillips that – they would actually end up in a better position than Mbaka. I, I know the ceiling on Mbaka, and because of the, the shooting ability, maybe that makes a better fit, but I, I guess the floor might be higher with those players. I, I don't know. Could you make that argument that, that they could end up being in a better situation if they did land one of those two? Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that, you know, Mackenzie Mbaka is, is a talented player, but this isn't a great freshman class. You know, it, it's you have to look at it from that perspective. And so when you're looking at the number 10 guy in the class, it's not like it's the number one class in some of the other classes. I think we only gave out 14 or 15 five stars in this class because, you know, it, it just wasn't a, as deep a group. And so we, and, and not as strong at the top. I mean, you think about the fact that Gigi Jackson was the number one guy in this class, you know, before he, he went up to 2023, and, and I don't think he was among the top few guys, you know, in, in that class. And, and so when you look at it from that perspective, yeah, you could look at it and say that a guy who's highly experienced like Arthur Kaluma, you know what you're getting on the glass with Kaluma. You know, you know, the shot I think is projectable, even though the percentages aren't necessarily what you would want them. Obviously, KU fans saw Kaluma on a night when his shot was falling. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, I don't think there's I, I don't think there's any sort of jump to where you would say, hey, this guy who's been in college, who's been in college weight programs, who has you know this experience and all of that, that hey, this guy could be a better player for 2023-24 than, than a, a freshman like Mbako. Well, with uh, Grant Nelson, who you talked about in your previous answer uh, a good amount, I think that that one um, is maybe the most intriguing to me from just a standpoint of how would they make it work. And, and you talked a little bit about it that, you know, because of some of his skills, like they could clearly make it work. He can shoot threes. He is a good ball handler, even though he's whatever, six foot 10, six foot 11, uh, good post game, good passer, stuff like that, that. I feel like they could definitely make it work offensively with Nelson and Dickinson and go back to maybe some of that high-low stuff that we know Bill Self loved to use to run. How do you think that would work on the defensive end, though? You know, I, I think that's that's a tricky part because a lot of teams aren't playing 
you know, they, they aren't playing a traditional four in that spot. And, I mean, you can look at Jalen Wilson as a, as a guy. I, I didn't see what he measured at the combine in the last few days. But, you know, last year when he went through, what was he, I think, six, five and a half barefoot? Jalen Wilson. So, I, I, I mean, think he, just we not. just yeah, he's six five and a half this year at the combine too. So yeah, I was gonna say I didn't see what he measured this year. I figured he hadn't grown, but but yeah, I mean you're looking at a guy who's six five and a half, and you know he's more burly of a four than some of the guys other people are putting out there. You look at Oklahoma, who's going to be in the Big Twelve next year if they roll out the ball today. Oklahoma's four might be Otega Owe. You know who's who's a legitimate like six five in shoes type of guy, and so I think that's where your challenge comes in. And that you know I, I trust Bill Self to to kind of shoehorn things and, and you know find a, a defense that that works. I I bring this up a lot, but I'm still so amazed by that 2021 team that you know really wasn't as talented as a lot of teams he's had, wasn't as effective as a lot of teams he's had. They had like the number. They had, I think, the number six or number four defense over the last month of college basketball that year. And if you remember right, I think CJ Moore wrote on this. You know, Bill Self really tweaked sort of what David McCormick's drop was in order to find those results. And so, I trust that, that Self would be able to make Nelson and Dickinson work defensively. But at the same time, that's that's a challenge because people are going to try and space you out. Make it to where you know you can't help as much as you would like to, and and if you're you know six foot eleven, and, and even if you move fairly well, there's some challenge there when you're dealing with a four who's legitimately a, a six four or six five guy trying to stay with that guy. Yeah, and I, I guess that's my my biggest question there. But like I know I, I haven't seen a ton of Grant Nelson outside of when he played KU, but some of the scouting reports say sometimes he moves like a wing. So I don't know how realistic that is, but I, I guess. It feels like to me, um, as much as the college game and, and really basketball in general has gone to this floor spacing and away from the two bigs, I was thinking about this, and there are more. It, like if you've if you've got the dudes, you rock with them, and and you you make it try to work with that. And I guess Duke is the one that kept coming to mind for me. Like heck, last year Filipowski was playing the four. Seems like that's the goal for what they're going to do this next year. Think back to the 2018 Duke team with Marvin Bagley and Wendell Carter that was in the Elite Eight and nearly beat Kansas to go to a Final Four. I guess there are examples still, even in the modern day of, of college basketball with two big basketball finding a way to work. I mean, Arizona has been a one and a two seed the last two years playing two big basketball. Do you have other examples or does anybody stick out or, or anything that makes you feel like, yeah, you can still you can still accomplish a lot with playing two bigs? Well, obviously, I mean, Gonzaga, when you look yeah. at Drew Timmy and Chad Holmgren, I realize that you know, Tommy Lloyd, you brought up Arizona comes from there and, and you know, they kind of, they, they kind of fall into that line where I think they, they'd like to have two guys six foot 10 plus out there. And, and in Gonzaga's case and in Arizona's case, they're, they're going to get up and down the court with a lot of tempo. They're going to try and outscore you. And it doesn't necessarily always look the best. I think when you look at, at what, uh, Auburn had two years ago. That's kind of an interesting example. And in that you had uh, Jabari Smith, who was, you know, a guy that, that could shoot from the outside, was was kind of a big wing, like you mentioned with Nelson at, at six foot ten. You play him next to Walker Kessler, 
who could shoot from the outside, but was more of a traditional center body type rim protector, things like that. And Auburn won a lot of games, but ultimately, you know, they were undone in the, in the NCAA tournament. They weren't playing their best basketball late in the season. And, and even beyond that, you know, they wound up matched up against a Miami team that was incredibly quick and they got diced up by guards. And so I do think that, that there are some challenges to playing that way. And like you said, you want to get your best players on the court and you want to find a way to do that. But I do think there's, it, it's tough in college basketball nowadays with, with what people are running, the way that, that they're able to kind of isolate guys, you know, on offense and things like that, that the, it does make it tough to play two big guys together. Yeah, and I guess some of those comparisons, if you think about them, well, Arizona upset in the first round. Like you mentioned, that Auburn team loses sure. in the second round. So maybe you can have all sorts of regular season success, but it maybe makes it harder in, in the postseason. I don't know. That that maybe deserves uh, more digging into. Then again, I, uh, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's really interesting, too, just real quick. Um, you look at the Big Ten struggles in the NCAA tournament and, and how much that league plays big. Yeah. And when they get into the NCAA tournament, I feel like mid-major teams have kind of been able to to cut them apart a little bit on, on cuts and things like that, and you know be able to screen and put those guys in space. You think about Illinois with with Kofi Coburn at center. You know they were really able to to kind of exploit him against Loyola Chicago and, and some of these other teams. So yeah, it's it's definitely a challenge in March for sure. Uh, real quickly, KU football landed a couple of uh, transfer commits, Dylan Brooks, Mikey Pauly. Uh, what sticks out to you about either one of those? Yeah, Mikey Pauly coming in as a preferred walk-on is a terrific get. I mean, you're talking about a guy that, that had a scholarship offer from Kansas initially, you know, coming out of high school, signed with Nebraska as a scholarship guy. Uh, Kansas really likes, obviously, Isaiah Marshall in this recruiting class. But you needed more bodies in that room, and you needed you know more positive bodies in that room with with Ethan Vasco leaving. And I, I think with Mikey Pauly, he's a guy that you know he's a little unorthodox in terms of his throwing motion and things like that. But he's also a, a bigger quarterback. He's six foot three, six foot four. He's a really good athlete. I mean, in, in both in terms of hand eye, you know, he's he's a college baseball player. So. He's got that there. He's also a, a pretty good runner, and I think ran for about 1,200 yards as a, as a senior at Blue Valley Northwest. And he's also somebody that has the arm to, to make the throws you want to make. And so it's, it's a great, you know, sort of buy-low option that there doesn't really seem to be any downside for. But at the same time, you know, if Mikey puts things together, if he, if he works on things, you know, maybe – Maybe he's in that conversation a little bit, even if it is just as primary backup or, or whatever else. And then, you know, the, the big one, which may turn out to be the biggest transfer of this entire transfer class, is Dylan Brooks from Auburn coming in. And you look at what Kansas needed to do on the edge in this transfer class, you know, you bring back Jeremy Robinson, you, uh, you, you need to kind of find a starter opposite him and, you know, Kansas swung on some on some really toolsy guys. You know, Brooks is probably the the most so of that group. He was number seventy seven in the country according to the twenty four seven sports composite coming out of high school. You know, really twitchy guy, you know, can get after the, the quarterback. I think he needs, you know, a little more polish, but the raw gifts are there. You know, you add Austin Booker from Minnesota 
who's a six foot six guy with a lot of length and the, you know, he's got kind of the body type that you really look for at that position. And then Patrick Joyner, people forget he transferred to KU from Utah state. He started his career at Miami. And so Kansas at that defensive end spot opposite Robinson essentially brought in three guys who were power five guys that uh, played some on, you know, played some on Saturdays and, and had some experience. Booker's maybe a little bit more experienced than, than the other guys, but you're bringing in guys that were highly regarded, that were athletic, and now you, you try and coach those guys up and, and you have a chance to maybe find something opposite Robinson. And, and in Brooks's case, you know, he's somebody that's going to be around for a few years. And so you don't necessarily just find an answer for this season. You know, maybe – Maybe this is a situation where uh, where you find a, a couple defensive ends for down the road as well, and you just continue to to build out that group. Uh, we got about a minute. Uh, who is your local prospect of the week, Kevin? Yeah, I think today it's got to be Jaden Woods out of Mill Valley. You know, he's for my money, he's the the top kid in Kansas, regardless of class. He's a 2025 defensive end. Uh, he's the son of Justin Woods, who was the uh, the fastest kid in the state. Out of coming out of high school, started his career at K State, wound up transferring to transferring to Pitt State. But Justin was like a five foot seven, five foot nine running back. Jaden's a six foot three, two hundred and thirty pound defensive end. So he's not quite as as fast as Dad, but having uh, having some speed tools to go with that frame. He just picked up an Alabama offer today, uh, which is why I'm talking about him. He's He's somebody that that offer now joins. Obviously, he's got the local schools, Oklahoma, USC, Notre Dame, Tennessee have all offered. And while Kansas probably faces an uphill battle to to really get in this one or, or get him, I do think that, you know, Kansas was uh, did a pretty solid job in terms of Jaden was on campus last year. I think he made it to the Duke game. And so... You know, they're, uh, I, I think the Leipold staff is doing a better and better job of identifying guys early and, and getting those guys in and, and forming relationships with some of those players. He is Kevin Flaherty. You can check out all his work at 24-7 Sports. Kevin, appreciate the time, man. Thanks a lot, Derek. All right, that's Kevin Flaherty. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. One hour down, two to go. RCST Trivia next. Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson, and we head back into RCST Trivia. We are on to the Sizzling 16. So uh, basically our, our regions, we have Chris Freeman against Brian Rainey and then Andrew Wymore against Eli Loney in the 23rd Street Brewery region. In the River at Prince Skate region, our bottom left, Derek Ho versus Sam Oliver, Isaac Henderson versus Jared Lenz. Then in our top right region, Pella Windows and Doors region, Eric Hansey versus Chris Yurchek and Kyle Martin versus Steve Klein. And then in our bottom right region, the Johnny's Tavern region, Justin Nichols versus Chris Conway, which will be our uh, first matchup here, and then Ben Wilson against Andrew Filer. Once again, RCST Trivia is brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River at Print and Skate, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Homefield Apparel, Sporting KC2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. And the contestants who have already made the Sizzling 16 have already cashed in a gift card to 23rd Street Brewery. Great spot to watch all the gaming action. Check out the outdoor patio. Perfect for the heating weather. You can bring your dog out there. Great service, great beer, great food. Check them out in Lawrence. They've also gotten a RCST Trivia t-shirt from River at Print and Skate. 
Riverat has screen printing, skate shop, embroidery, and promotional products available with art and logo creation. They are also KU licensed. They have skateboards, longboards, paddleboards, and safety gear, and a large selection of shoes and apparel from well-known skate brands. They can also help you out with custom apparel like our trivia shirts and hats at Riverat Print Skate. And they have received tickets to a Sporting KC2 game. Sporting KC2, the team of next pros for the top team with Sporting KC. They play right here in Lawrence at Rock Chalk Park. So uh, this first matchup, a 113 matchup in the Johnny's region. Justin Nichols, who's gone nine and two on trivia matchups in his career, 34 and seven on questions this year, against Chris Conway, who's gone three and two on matchups, 12 and four on questions, and he's six and zero oh on trivia questions just this year. The 34 and seven for Justin. I think I said this year, but I meant for his career. Um, what are your expectations for this matchup? Yeah, this is an interesting one. I think I think Justin's pretty well battle tested, uh, and. But Chris had his matchup go to the hard round in the round of 32. But listen, this is a sizzling 16. The lights are brighter. Everything is a little bit more high pressure. And there's even some changes to our question formats, right? So we're getting rid of the very easy round. Very easy round is gone. Now it's just straight to the easy. Correct. Right? Straight to the easy. Yep. And then once we get to the grade eight, we will double down. So we'll do too easy, too medium, yep. too hard, too so really hard. It only gets tougher from here. It only gets tougher from here for, for everybody. Yep. So, you know, what, whatever you did in the first two rounds is great, but... This is a different arena, truly. Mm. Once you get to this level, and it's we'll see who can rise to the occasion and who who might crumble under the pressure. Yeah, and uh, with Justin, you know he he's the veteran. He's made a great eight before. He's finished third place before for Chris. This is uncharted territory, but maybe that'll help him. Maybe that lets him play a little bit more free. Whereas Justin knows the he knows what's out there. He knows what's available, and so there's more pressure on him because he's like, I got to get back there and maybe get a little bit further. So uh, with that being said, let's get into our Sizzling 16. Once again, RCST Trivia brought to you by our title sponsors, Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, River at Print Skate, and 23rd Street Brewery. Into the matchup. Justin Nichols, our third-place finisher a year ago, taking on the 13-seed Chris Conway. For Justin, this is your third Sizzling 16. You got over that hump. Um... Last year, after making the sizzling 16 in your previous appearance and made it all the way to that third place game in the Phenomenal Four, Chris, you're making your first sizzling 16 appearance. And uh, Chris, for you here, uh, it feels like this has been kind of a renaissance type of trivia season for you. It feels like this has been your best uh, performance so far among your, your past trivia performances. What would you give credit to about why that has been so far? Um, I think I've actually studied a little bit more this year than years past. There's kind of, you know, hope in my, my memory would serve me well where, you know, it in fact did not. So <laughs> studied a little bit more this year. So finally got the, you know, kicked down the door with the sizzling 16 and um, excited to see, you know, where else I can go. Well, Justin, you've been here before. This is your third time in the sizzling 16. What does it take to get to the next round, to the grade eight? Uh, a lot of luck. Um, you, you get asked the right questions, and the other guy doesn't get asked the right questions, basically. Um, you know, I, I like to think that I've got a pretty good uh, memory and recall of, of things. Um, that I know a lot of the random stuff. Sometimes the real basic stuff is the stuff that trips me up, so I'm kind of... 
a little sad to lose the very easy question. That was a good way to, <laughs> you know, work our way into things. So hopefully I don't just fall on my face on the first question here. All right. Well, you guys, uh, for making it to this round, already receiving a gift card to 23rd Street Brewery, RCST Trivia t-shirt, and some Sporting KC2 tickets. Whoever wins this will move on to the grade eight. And if you move on to the grade eight, you receive a blue or white number one Kansas basketball mini jersey from mini jerseys don't be just another fan cheering for your team stand out from the crowd with the perfect gift from mini jerseys what better way to make a father's day or birthday special than a gift from mini jerseys mini in size but big in spirit ku mini jerseys are versatile gift you can showcase on your shelf or on the wall of your man cave cover for your favorite beverage or on the tree during the holidays support your favorite ku player now at mini jerseys.com slash kansas dash jayhawks you also are getting a 14 dollars car wash pass to mr d's auto wash a voucher for a free sandwich and breakfast sandwich at McDonald's here in Lawrence under the same ownership or both of those. So you can eat a burger, some crispy fries while you're going through the car wash. And you get a t-shirt to home field apparel, a KU t-shirt, home field apparel, super comfy gear, all sorts of great designs with KU. You can even get 20% off home field apparel if you use code RCST at checkout and auto entry into 2024 RCST trivia. So a lot of prizes on the line for whoever wins here. Chris, you are the lower seed. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? I will go second. Justin, that means you're up first. And as Justin mentioned, no more really easy round. We start in the easy round of questions. First up, Justin, name this 2001 to 2002 AP first team All-American big man who wore the number zero for Kansas and would go pro following that junior season. Drew Gooden. That's right. Drew Gooden on a team with a couple of good big men there. Drew the one who went pro after his junior season. Chris, your first question in the easy round. Name this 1997 to 1998 AP first team All-American big man who wore the number 45 jersey for Kansas and would go pro following his senior season. Rafe the friends. Yep, Rafe the friends is the correct answer there. Two all-time greats for KU from the big man position. All right, moving our way up onto the medium round of questions. Back to you, Justin. In Kansas's 2016 Sweet 16 victory over Maryland, what Jayhawk senior led the team with 27 points? Barry Ellis. That's right, Barry Ellis. Keyword there was senior as part of that. And yeah, he went off in that game. He had a stretch where I think he scored like eight straight or something. He was a senior for like 10 years. What do you mean? (laughs) That's true. That's true. All right, Chris, for you, in that same 2016 Sweet 16 game, Kansas took down Maryland. What other Jayhawk, so not Perry Ellis, logged a double-double with 14 points and 11 rebounds? Can you repeat the question one more time? I'm sorry. In that 2016 Sweet 16 win, what other Jayhawk logged a double-double with 14 points and 11 rebounds? 10 seconds. I'm going to go with Wayne Selden. Unfortunately, the correct answer was KU starting center. That would be Landon Landon. Lucas. 
So it I ends saw, there. With the rebounds, I wanted to go with him. But I was like, I just don't see him putting up 14 points. Wow, the disrespect <laughs> to Landon oh, Lucas. Man. That's tough. Justin, if, if those questions would have been reversed, would you have hit Landon or would you have guessed somebody else? Uh, I was, I'll be honest, I was struggling to think of who else was even on that team. Mm. I was uh, in kind of a brain lock, so I just got lucky on the question. Well, that's what you mentioned before. Chris, would you have gotten the Perry Ellis one if those were reversed? Yes, I would have. I remember that stretch he had in the second half where he just went bonkers, um, you know, hitting jab step, jump shots. Um, I would have got it, yes. Oh, man. It's always tough to hear, that's for sure. Uh, but, Chris, you obviously you proved yourself well in this tournament. You made your first sizzling 16. You're collecting some prizes on the way. Uh, Justin, meanwhile, you moved back to your second straight grade eight. Does this one feel better or the same from last year? Uh, honestly, I feel kind of I feel kind of bad. I feel like Chris probably deserved to beat me here. So uh, I mean, I'm, I feel lucky. Um, uh, last year, I felt like I deserved it. This year, I feel like uh, I, I just got a little bit lucky. So uh, I don't know about better or worse, but uh, but luckier for sure. Does that give you more motivation though for the grade eight that, that you have to do maybe more studying? I, I don't know if you have time for it. I yeah I'm a little busy with work right now as as you know um so I've I've been uh I'm hoping to uh have some more time before the next one that I can spend some time working on it definitely gets me more motivated to try to be a little bit better prepared than I am today and Chris obviously making a, a nice deep run into this tournament but then falling short here will this be extra motivation for next year yeah, of course. Um, definitely. Now that I've gotten to the, the sizzling sixteen, would you know hope to to build from there and go further next year. So, uh, but best of luck to you, Justin. Thank well, you. guys, uh, we appreciate it. And uh, Justin, see you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Once again, one of our title sponsors for RCST trivia is Johnny's Tavern. That was in the Johnny's Tavern region there. You can uh, check out all of the great specials going on for Johnny's Tavern's 70th anniversary this year. They're going to have their original location, North Lawrence, hosting a 70th anniversary celebration. So stay tuned for that. Of course, there's now 13 locations of Johnny's from Topeka to the newest store in Raymore, Missouri. You can try any of the great food or just have a beer, hang out with friends. And you know with the weather heating up, you're going to want that ice cold beer. How about trying the new one, the Blue Collar Lager, which I did try. It is awesome. A beer you can only get at Johnny's that's brewed by Free State Brewing Company. The only negative is you can't get it to go. So uh, you got to go to Johnny's and make sure that you enjoy some of them there. So Justin moves on. And uh, a tough way whenever like the person who gets the, the round right doesn't know the other one. And then the person knew it, it. it flipped, right, where yeah. it just does come down to the order and the randomness of the tournament that we kind of talk about sometimes. I, I thought that was interesting, though, because I thought that for the first, okay, for the, for the medium questions, because you thought that the, the the first of those pair, you would have got the Perry Ellis, but not the second one, right? I, I think so, yeah. Well, I don't know, like, I was just, I was, Justin mentioned it, I was just kind of struggling to think of, like, when Names? I was looking at the questions, like, who else was even See, there? I think that's very interesting that, like, for me, I think back on that 2016 team very fondly. They were the number one overall seed. I thought that team was even better than the 2017 team the year later. Um, I mean, they, they were an unbelievable deal. Like, you just look at Ken Palm. Like, that, that team was was fantastic. Yeah. And they just lost that close game to Villanova. Devontae Graham fouls out but, and everything. Like, is there a more forgettable workman center than Landon Lucas? I guess. And I and I guess that's what it is. I like think a lot of like people, people just don't realize when he started. Well, I think I think because of the shine of the 2017 team it takes away from what 
people remember the 2016 team as. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, it's easy to forget, oh, Landon Lucas was a starter yeah. on that team. Now, now see, I, I thought it was interesting, though, because I, I guess, like, if you are someone who, who thought fondly of Landon Lucas, maybe that makes you remember it more, because I guess for me... I guess the second, I, I was almost worried before I asked those two questions, I was worried that the second question was actually going to be easier because the first question, you're getting Perry yeah, Ellis. I mean, in hindsight, like the 11 rebounds, you right. think would maybe give and it away I said, a little bit. What other Jayhawks, you know, it's yeah, not so you, Perry Ellis. Yeah. So you know he didn't have the 11 rebounds. Yeah. And then at that point, you're like, okay, well, who's most likely to get 11 rebounds? The center. So if you can just think of the center. And that was the year Landon did take over as the starting center. But I guess to your point, maybe some people just. Workman, you know, not the all-American type center, and he kind of uh, leaks through the cracks there. I, I yeah. do think they're fair. I, I think yeah. no, that's I, one I of those where it's um, the old adage of it's automatically harder if you don't know it. Yeah, but if you know the answer to both, well, I think you know, they're Chris even. You know Wayne what I mean? Selden, I mean, it sounds like it was going to be either Wayne yeah. Selden or Landon Lucas. Those are the two options at that point, basically, right? So, sure. If you remember the whole team. Well, what do you think of Justin now, though? Because that that feels like a shaky win to get through. Do we? Uh, I don't think it's. Do we view it as like, hey, you're in the grade eight? Like, who cares dude, how Justin you got through? Is, is playing the oh, woe is me. I'm just a lucky <laughs> guy that doesn't know what I'm doing. No, this guy's dangerous. This dude is a okay. snake in the grass. Wow. Okay. He is a snake in the grass, and he's coming. He's coming for the final four or for the phenomenal four. Okay. Well, he's one win away from doing it for back to back years, which. Is very, very tough. Uh, he'll take on the winner of the six seed, Ben Wilson, and the two seed with Andrew Filer. One of our other title sponsors in RCST Trivia is Pella Windows and Doors. Next trivia question, what Windows and Doors provider has been serving Kansas since 1957? The answer, your locally owned Pella Windows and Doors of Kansas with six showrooms across the state from Lawrence to Dodge City. Got a Windows or Doors project? Pella Kansas is here, locally owned and proudly serving Jayhawks for over 65 years with Windows and Doors solutions for every home and any budget. Schedule your free consultation at pelicansas.com. We have one more trivia matchup today. It is the three-seed Kyle Martin against the seven-seed Steve Klein in the Pella Windows and Doors region. This was a matchup that we had in the second round last year. Will Steve get revenge or will Kyle finally make it over the hump and head to the grade eight for the I'm, first time? I'm very excited about that. Man. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah. we'll have that next for you here with RCST Trivia. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back into RCST Trivia, brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River at Print and Skate, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Home Field Apparel, Sporting KC2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. One of our title sponsors is River at Print and Skate. They have screen printing and a skate shop. If you're looking for the skate shop, they got skateboards, longboards, paddleboards, safety gear, and a large selection of shoes and apparel from well-known skate brands. They also have the screen printing option and they have embroidery and promotional products available with art and logo creation if you're not very creative and you're just like hey can you can you figure something out for me they'll send you proofs back it works super easily and great for you they're also KU licensed so you can uh, mess around with stuff are you looking for for stuff for your little league team are you looking for stuff for your company retreat are you you know whatever it is just uh, a fun Christmas or birthday present for someone I know we're not near Christmas but you know what I mean uh, they can help you out with custom apparel like our trivia t-shirts and trivia hats follow them on Instagram at river underscore rat underscore print for the print shop and at river rat skate shop for the skate side give them a call at 785-371-1660 so the matchup that we have upcoming is the three seed kyle martin the seven seed steve klein this is a rematch of a second round matchup last year that kyle won it was either in the hard or the really hard round i okay. can't remember so does the committee normally allow for two opponents that are from the same conference to play each other this early in the tournament because i feel like that's what we're going on here well, 
What do you mean? Why why would they be in the same conference though? They because just they play- already played. But they played last year. They played last year in the tournament. <laughs> I, I I didn't oh, okay. even design it to be this way. I honestly forgot that they had played in the second round until Steve advanced to the first round and, and Kyle advanced to the first round. I was like, oh wait, that <laughs> happened, right? Um because it was funny because in years past it had always set up that we had like Kyle playing Andrew in the sizzling sixteen, who are like two, you know, best friends and everything and um Andrew got the better of him both times, but we switched it up this year. But yeah, so Kyle won in the hard round last year. I'll say this. I think both these these contestants very have what it takes to win it all. Yes, very, very strong. You don't know if it'll happen because you do have the, the possible roadblock of Eric up there. Who knows? Maybe Chris upsets Eric. Uh, but at this point, I think everybody left can win it all. And Yes, except for Jared. Jared Lenz cannot <laughs> win it all. That guy sucks. <laughs> that guy stinks. No, I'm trying to think. Is there anybody? Should we say that Eli can't win it all just to fire him up? Eli can't win. <laughs> he can't. Isaac can't win it either. <laughs> okay, making some stories. Isaac can't here. win it. Eli can't win it. Uh, let's see who else. Who else? You said I? Jared. Jared can't win it. Yeah, he stinks. Okay. Worth one. <laughs> uh, who else do you want to piss off? <laughs> everybody else is a respectable everybody else, person. Yeah, everybody else no. is fine. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't uh, else. No, but but anyway, like. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to this matchup. I think this is going to be really good. I yeah, think yeah. this matchup honestly probably deserves to be more of like a grade eight phenomenal four type matchup, to be honest. I think next year that'll be reflected in the seeds. I mean, wh- whoever wins this matchup is going to get a two seed next year. So that on its own. Yeah. And then whoever loses will probably be like a three or four seed, right? Uh, but I- I'm really excited for it. So uh, let's just get into the matchup. This is a 3-7 matchup. Kyle Martin, 8-3 on trivia matchups in his career. 35-8 and eight on trivia questions. He's made four, all four, sizzling 16s. But this has been the win that has eluded him so far. Trying to go one round further for the first time to make his great eight debut. For Steve, meanwhile, he's going for revenge. He's 3-1 and one on trivia matchups, 15-2 and two on questions, 9-1 and one this year. The only trivia question he missed last year, he went 6-1 and one in two rounds, lost the second round matchup to Kyle. When that was, uh, I think last year was a 3-11 matchup. And the winner of this heads on to the grade eight. At this point, you've already received a gift card to 23rd Street Brewery, a t-shirt to River at Prince Skate, or from River at Prince Skate, and Sporting KC2 tickets. The winner of this will get a mini jersey from Mini Jerseys. You can uh, get your own KU mini jersey of whichever your favorite player is, but winner of this will get a blue or white number one KU basketball mini jersey. You're going to get a KU t-shirt from Home Field Apparel. You can use code RCST for 20% off your first order with Homefield. And you're going to get a free breakfast sandwich, sandwich to McDonald's, and $14 car wash pass to Mr. D's Auto Wash. Maybe most importantly, auto entry into 2024 RCST trivia and a top two seed at that if you're able to uh, get through this victory. So, uh, Steve, let's start with you. Do you feel like, I, I don't know, like is, the, is it a level of revenge or have you moved that storyline from your head and you're just focusing on, you know, yourself and the matchup here. I mean, as a competitor, yeah. I mean, you, you get beat, you you want another crack at it. Um, but then also, I would really like just to forgetting who it's against. Really like to just move on. Kyle, this has been this is. I mean, you are one of I think it's three people. I forget if it was two or three. I think it's you and Eric, and then uh, I think that actually might be it. Uh, who have made the sizzling sixteen all four times now. I mean, it's a very, very short list, which that shows your consistency, how good of a competitor you are. And the longer you go in this, eventually you are going to crack through to the grade eight. Maybe it'll be just this year. But do you feel extra pressure or do you feel, I don't know, I guess, how do you feel this time in the sizzling 16 versus some of the last ones? 
Yeah, I've kind of gone back and forth. Like, I can't decide if I should feel a ton of pressure because, like, I, I really like, so badly want to get through this or if I should feel totally at ease because I kind of just live here, uh, you know, through through four years. Uh, I, I do appreciate the uh, the drama of playing Steve, like, even in all of your efforts, Derek, to, like, move people out of my region so that we <laughs> don't have that. It's like somehow Steve uh, comes through, and Steve was really good last year, and I think I got... I got lucky on a tournament question against him uh, that, that he didn't know. I, not that I did a whole lot to, to win that. So, uh, yeah, I know he's good, and uh, it, it does help things a bit knowing I've got a, a legitimate competitor on the other side if I was to falter, you know, other than those those other guys I've lost to in years <laughs> past. Thanks, Steve's quality. Yeah, we, we don't have the uh, Andrew Filer-Kyle Martin matchup, which Andrew was just on last week, and he said that, uh, you know, Kyle's better than him at trivia, but Andrew 2-0 against you. So who knows? Maybe we could get that phenomenal four matchup, but let's focus on this right now. Uh, Steve, you're the, the lower seed. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? Uh, I, I haven't had this choice before, but I've been going second each time, so I'll just stick with that. Okay. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Kyle, that means you're going to rip the Band-Aid off. The only difference, second round, or I mean, sizzling 16 to the second round, is no really easy questions. You guys have gotten here. You've proven your worth. We don't need to start in the really easies anymore. All right, Kyle, for you. This Jayhawk freshman center who wore the number 23 uniform and first name starts with the letter E shot 76% from the field in 2022 to 2023. Uday. Yep, Ernest Uday just transferred away, unfortunately. Okay, Steve, your first question. This Jayhawk walk-on whose dad used to coach at SMU, has the same initials as Michael Jordan and shot 57% from three this past season. What's his name? No, he shot 57%, but uh, Jankovic. Michael Jankovic. Yep, Michael Jankovic. The same first name as Michael Jordan, too. MJ. Maybe a better three-point shooter. But I, 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 I would say on paper, <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. On to the uh, medium round of questions. Back to you, Kyle. According to Bill Self's father, what type of animal should you not worry about and instead just load the wagon? The mules. Yep, mule, mules, either one we accepted there. That is the correct answer. I'm glad we didn't get an answer there that was like pony or something, and then I would have had to like get into the dexterity of what's what. Donkey. Okay, this one for you, Steve. What item got Silvio DeSosa suspended 12 games for his role in the Kansas-Kansas State brawl after he picked up said item. Chair. Yep, chair. I guess if you would have used a, a synonym for chair, stool, I guess would have worked too, right? Those are more narrative questions. You can't really find those studying. You got to know it or you don't. All right, on to the hard round. We're going to pick up the mood, pick up the intensity, pick up the music. This is what it's all about. Winner moves on to the grade eight and the Pella windows and doors region between our three-seed Kyle and our seven-seed Steve. Back to you, Kyle. Despite not winning the championship, this Kansas player earned Final Four MOP in 1953. Born. Yep. B.H. Bourne is the correct answer. Unbelievable player to, to do that without actually winning the title. Okay, Steve, this one for you to push us to the really hard round. Who coached Kansas from 1956 to 1964? 
including being the head coach of Wilt Chamberlain for the 57 season in which they lost in the national title game. Dick Harp. Yep, Dick Harp. A couple guys with four-letter last names, born in Harp. And we are moving on to the really hard round. Back to you, Kyle. In the 1995 NCAA tournament first round, Kansas defeated what 16 seed by a score of 82 to 68? Colgate. Colgate is correct. And Kyle, if that ends up getting him through, has a favorite toothpaste brand now. Okay, Steve, this one for you to keep us going. What a matchup this has been already. In the 1993 NCAA tournament first round, Kansas defeated what 15 seed by a score of 94 to 72? I knew that Colgate one with a Donald Foyle, mm. and this one is not coming to me. Um, 10 seconds. Cal Northridge. Oh, my goodness. Cal Northridge was one of those 90s ones. I forget which one exactly, but the 93 one was Ball State. And that is a tough way to go out. Um, Kyle, I I guess first things first. If those would have been reversed, would you have gotten Ball State? I would have. Is that something you studied? Yeah, I'd like... If we can stay in the tournament always, Derek, I, I like my chances uh, next week. But, uh, uh, yeah, I did know Ball State as well. So that was clearly something that you had gone back and said, Steve, you have been a killer in these 90s questions this entire oh. tournament. And for you to go out on a 90s question, that's got to be tough, especially because you said you knew the other one there with Colgate. Uh, after hearing Ball State, is that one that rings a bell? It, it does. Um, I don't know why there was a gap there. I couldn't – I. I don't know. I mean, I remember it, but I, I was thinking about the different 90s ones, and I knew that one wasn't 93, but I, I knew that was one of them, and I was like, I couldn't place the Ball State one. And Ball State back then was actually better usually than a 15 seed. That was coming off those Rick Majerus years, and they were like better seeds than that. So um, it wasn't one of them that I would have just been able to think of as a normal 15 seed around then. Well, I think just in how you described that that wrong answer, I think we know that you know your stuff. And you went up from an 11 seed last year, got to the second round, now to a seven seed. You go around further. We, we really hope, hope we get you back next year because I, I think you're going to find yourself in the top four seeds. And, you know, maybe we'll find a path for you that strays away from Kyle Martin. And I, I could see you making a deep run oh, yeah. in the tournament, man. And uh, I, I just want to say, I, I know, uh, I, I don't know, I guess I'll leave you an open forum. I don't know if, uh, you know, any of your family listens to this when you're on or anything, but uh, your daughter is getting married this weekend. Do you, do you want to send any message on the radio to her? Well, I, I don't know that she'll be listening. She seems a little busy, but she's in. Yeah. <laughs> she's been great. She's she's a lawyer in New York City, and she's she's doing awesome. And and uh, you know, obviously love love them both, her Sierra and Adam. Um, and we couldn't be more excited for this weekend. It'll, it'll ease the pain of this loss a little bit. There we go. There we go. One drink on me at the wedding. That's for sure. Um, Kyle, uh, you you made it through. You, you made the grade eight, and and th- your fourth time to the sizzling sixteen. Your first time getting through. It, is the feeling exactly what you would have hoped for? Do you feel as good as you thought you would have? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, first of all, congratulations, Steve. Uh, super happy for you. I was hoping maybe you wouldn't show up today and make my life really <laughs> easy. 
Um, but that that's really awesome and, and congratulations there. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I I am excited. Uh, it's uh, yeah, four years in the in the making. So we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Eric sitting there potentially if he can win, right? Arguably the the best trivia participant of all time. Uh, so I get a chance to uh, uh, you know go up against uh, some of the titans here. Uh, but to your point, I think Steve uh, is is quickly rising up that list, and uh, he'll be back, I'm sure, next year and making a lot of noise. Well, guys, we appreciate it. Really, really fun matchup. Steve, we can't wait to see you next year. And uh, Kyle, we'll see you next week. Wow. What a fun one. We got to literally hard round. Man. And and see, that's tough for Steve because, again, as I mentioned, like he had been nailed. That's how he's been like getting by a lot of these people. Those 90s questions. Those those are huge ups for him. And and the way that he answered knowing stuff about Ball State. I don't even know who he was talking about. Like Rick Majerus. He he was the former uh, coach for like, you would probably know him most for, I'm trying to think, St. Louis when they were good. He was at Utah when they like made some deep runs. Really good, like all time college coach. He's since passed away, but. he clearly knew stuff about it. like yes, hundred percent. Just didn't come to him. And yeah. if the order of the questions would have been different, who knows where we would have ended? Because Kyle would have got the Ball State Listen, one. Kyle studied the right, but stuff. but who knows how much further it would have gone? Kyle right? studied the right stuff for the right week. Right? Yeah, he did. Sometimes, sometimes you get lucky, yep. sometimes you don't. Yep. Um, Kyle, man, I, I feel so happy for. Him. See, this is one of those matchups, and, and the further we go in the this, tournament, this would hundred percent be like first thing on one shining moment. For oh game. yeah, Kyle, yeah, this is a great one. Breaking through the Sweet Sixteen to the yeah to the or Sizzling Sixteen to the to the Great Eight. eight. Yeah. Um. See, the further we go in the tournament, the more we get to know people, the more we, you know, talk to these people and just become more uh, accustomed to them. You just don't want them to lose. Exactly. The the more sad you get, the yeah. deeper we go and somebody loses. And so like at the same point that I am I'm extremely happy for Kyle to go to three sizzling 16s and to lose all three times, he clearly knows his stuff and it was only a matter of time before he did make that move to where he is now in the grade 8 and you know eventually over time he was going to crack through which he has now. Yeah. Um but you just is uh, equally I mean, as happy as I am for him. I I just feel so bad for Steve who's such like a wholesome dude and yeah. he's got his daughter's wedding this week and we just put it off to a bad start, you know <laughs> what I mean? No, I mean no, it's it's I look at it the other way. I think he had a good approach to it, you know. I'll give him an opportunity to kind of put the loss behind him and go celebrate something with it, which is fantastic and great, and and I hope everything goes really well for that. But you know, this tournament, it's it's like if you took sixty four KU teams and played them and played each other because you don't <laughs> want you don't want anyone to lose. Yeah, yeah, maybe like five K states in there. We won't discuss who those are, but yeah, you know who you are if you know. Um, I think that what's cool about this though is like. What really makes a lot of times in the NCAA tournament, if a team loses, it's like, well, that sucks. That was that guy's last chance to play college basketball. He's gone. Yeah. He's going to the draft, or he's exhausted hey, his eligibility. Unlimited he's eligibility. <laughs> and the, and the exactly. Exactly. So that is the beauty of it, where it's like, well, I feel bad that you lost, but hypothetically, you could join this the next 10 years, however long this is going to go for. Yeah. And if you join in another 10 years and you know your stuff, which you know both those contestants Although, do, should we add, you're going to make deep runs. Should we add eligibility? That's like... You can only, you can only like <laughs> eight years just to get fresh blood in there, or no? You don't think so? We do a college where you can only do four years, and then we have a professional trivia league uh, where we pay like you term. to join the league. And we have, we have, no, no, it's we, teams, it's can, teams. Can we afford that? No, we can't. So here's what we do: <laughs> it's team related. So you have to put together your team of like three or four trivia people on it. Okay. You pick and choose who you want. You can 
you know, pay them. You can give them food. You can just be give them friendship. Whatever gets them to join your team. I don't know. There's something to this, <laughs> but maybe not at the same point in time. No, we will not do like, like a lot more work for eligibility us, stuff. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like it just sounds like way more work for us. Yeah. So let's just pass on that. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that'll do it for trivia today. We do have uh, a matchup that we're going to be recording tomorrow, but we're not going to have a show tomorrow, at least not supposed to. Um, we might have about 20 minutes because so the the substate baseball is going on. Free State's going to play it too. LHS is going to play 25 minutes after that, and then we could have a third game after that with either one of the winners or if both win, uh, all here on KLWN. That means we're not really going to have a show. We we're could have, have about for like one segment. Yeah, exactly. In between a couple of those games. Um, so we'll, we'll, the, the trivia that we're recording on Wednesday is going to be played Thursday, which means we'll have two matchups that we'll air for you on uh, Thursday. And then we're going to have four matchups that we're going to air for you on Friday. That's oh, fun. Wow. Yeah. Big day to finish off the week. Man. That's for sure. So, uh, when, so will that get us straight into the grade eight then? Yeah, it will. Okay. And then we'll be all ready for the grade eight next week. Nice. Once again, RCST Trivia, one of our title sponsors, 23rd Street Brewery. Great spot to watch the game. Check out the outdoor patio. Perfect for the heating up weather. You can even bring your dog out there to the pup patio. Great service, great beer, great food. Try the new Fitzgerald Rubin. Check them out in Lawrence. You can watch the, uh, I don't know, what's going on tonight. We got Nuggets, Lakers. Nuggets, we got Lakers, the yeah. NBA uh, draft oh, lottery, the lottery, right? Yeah. You can watch that at 23rd Street Ooh, let's Brewery. Let's go watch some ping pong balls. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe you you know there's so many great things on the menu you just decide what you're gonna pick like you you predetermine okay if Houston gets the number one pick I'll point. order the chicken strips if yes. uh, d- who who else is supposed to be up there if Detroit gets the number uh, one pick I think this, aren't the Spurs yeah Spurs. Spurs if Detroit gets the number one pick I'll get the Hank Boothberg if the Spurs get the number one pick I'll get the Manly Stanley right you just like pick a different and then boom now you now you have your order I for, could not out. finish the Manly Stanley. Well, you couldn't finish the single Manly Stanley or the Everest Challenge? The Everest Challenge is two I, Manly Stanley. I don't think I could finish a single one. A single one? Although, I don't think I've ever tried. I so, Okay, I've had double-digit things on their I, uh, on their menu. I usually get the Hank Booth burger when I'm getting a burger. I, yeah, I need Hank to try Booth the Manly Stanley. Stanley. I get anyway, a uh, once again, trivia. If you have made it this far, you have received a gift card to 23rd Street Brewery, RCST Trivia t-shirt from River at Print Skate, tickets to a sporting KC2 game. Anybody who makes it to the grade eight, you get a blue or white number one Kansas basketball mini jersey from mini jerseys. Don't be just another fan cheering for your team. Stand out from the crowd with the perfect gift from mini jerseys. You can get a Father's Day gift for your dad. You know he's going to love it. Get his favorite KU player. You know, was it Jalen Wilson? Was it Kevin McCuller? Get him the middle little mini jersey. You can start your collection, whether you want to showcase it on a shelf and, and start building your own uh, favorite players or like jersey raft, uh, or players in the rafters of your house, of your man cave. Or you can even use them for your favorite beverage, like a koozie. You can put them on your tree during the holiday. Plenty you can do with. Just buy them for yourself or for Father's Day or birthday coming up. Support your favorite KU player now, too, because that's another part of it. It goes to them, at least a cut of it with NIL. And minijerseys.com slash Kansas Jayhawks. You also are getting a $14 car wash pass to Mr. D's Auto Wash. Auto entry into trivia. Top two seed next year. Voucher for a free sandwich and breakfast sandwich from McDonald's. And a t-shirt from uh, Homefield Apparel that is KU-related. And get 20% off your first order for Homefield Apparel with code RCST at checkout. All right, that is trivia for the day with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. 
And uh, we talked a little bit about this with Kevin Flaherty earlier. Obviously, uh, Nick had a chance to talk about this a little bit yesterday. But KU football landed uh, a couple big commits from the transfer portal yesterday. Yeah, One of them, a defensive end, a edge player from Auburn, Dylan Brooks. The other, Mikey Pauley, a quarterback from Nebraska. I mean, anytime you land transfer commits if you're Kansas from Auburn and Nebraska, that's kind of a good thing. Yeah, and you always talk about how in football, if you get a top, like, 800 recruit, it's good. Yeah, Dylan Brooks was the top 120 recruit. Right, two four seven sports. Right, and this isn't the case of a, a kid who was, you know, he was the he was the number one. 20 recruit and then he's been in the program for four years and hasn't really done anything he's only been in the pro I mean he redshirted one year then he played in like nine games last year for Auburn so you feel like the potential is still very much there for this kid to be something special yeah and he's going to be put into a position here where he could really shine right like he assuming he he shows up and, and puts in the work and does everything the right way like he could be the impact player on this defense that pushes them over the edge and that was kind of what I was talking about yesterday was a couple things. Number one, Lance Leipold, since coming to KU, has done a phenomenal, a phenomenal job of saying what he's going to do and then following it up, following up his talk and going out and doing what he needs to do, right? And this is a great example of that. He mentioned it out, you know, with, with the departure of Lonnie Phelps. Hey, you know, we, we need to look and see if we can find a guy to replace him or find an impact player on the D-line in the portal. And look what happened. Boom. Got it, right? Now, we don't know if it's going to pan out, but certainly in terms of the the talent, the potential, it's it's all there, right? It's all there for KU to have added a guy that can be an explosive impact playmaker on the defensive line. Uh, is it going to happen this season? Maybe. Maybe not, though. It's not a guarantee, obviously. But, but still, just the fact that I think what's most impressive to me about Lance Leipold is ever since he's gotten to Lawrence, he has delivered time and time again on his promises. He has delivered on what he said he, he's needed to do and what he said he wants to go out and do. And I just think that's so impressive that he's been able to do that, coming into a program uh, in the state that it was when he got here to KU and already what he's done in just a, such a short time of delivering on things that he said he was going to do and and backing up his word so often. I think it's I think it's very impressive. Yeah, Um I'm already getting excited about the possible 2024 defensive end. Like, I think Austin Booker has very high potential. Will that happen? Will that hit this year? I don't know. It might hit next year, though. Yeah, that kind of becomes a big question. It's and like, that's with Dylan Brooks, too. Yeah. Like, I don't know how much it's going to help this year. Yeah. It kinda, helps a little. Yes. That becomes a big question. It's like, when you look at the D-line this year, is it going to be the same as it was last year with, like, Lonnie Phelps? It could be. But... Maybe not, right? So yeah. the defense could still be kind of maybe take a, a step back or at the very least like a step laterally this season. But the potential is there. Like let's say Dylan Brooks comes in and he's just a monster. Austin Booker just does really, really well. The guy, the kid from Colorado State. His name Devin Phillips, Devin defense Phillips. tackle. Yeah. yeah, let's say that the, let's say that he's a great guy to plug the run and then Brooks is able to develop as, a, as an elite off the edge pass rusher. And maybe by the end of this season, it, it all comes together. It all it all comes together for KU. Uh, I think that's probably best case scenario, right? Like this is not, this is, I don't think this is a, the difference here is like when you got a guy like Lonnie Phelps, he was a proven seasoned player that had posted results. And now obviously it was at not the same level as, as power five, but still he posted a lot of results with a guy like Dylan Brooks. The results are not there, but the potential certainly is, and the possibility of him becoming that type of player 
is it's it's hard to ignore, right? I mean, six four, big body. You know, not super heavy, but that allows him to use his speed. He's got long arms. Uh, yeah, I always I always know you love the two four seven player comparisons. Dylan Brooks's player comparison was Bradley Chubb. Yeah. Who was, who was which drafted, again? Which he was drafted what number four overall? Yeah, he was top five. But again, that goes back in line with uh, I forget which player it was. Who was John Morant? John Mar- I, it was I think Arturio Morris. And it was like John Morant, second round pick. Uh, with this one, it was Bradley Chubb, who you mentioned went top and, five and pick in the draft and just got round. traded this past year for like a bunch of picks. Yeah, is it fourth to seventh round? I, can someone fix the player comps? Can we find like apt do player we, do comps, we to, please? <laughs> do we need to call Kevin back and be like, hey, <laughs> yes. Kevin, fix your player comps? I guess. But yeah, no, I mean that's a, that's a very endearing comp, and I, and I think that the potential is clearly there. But yeah, I mean you're yes. talking about a guy who. But the he, difference is when Lonnie Phelps came in, it was like, okay, Lonnie Phelps is he had this year production. right now. Right. He is going to be that guy because he's already been seasoned. He's a veteran player. The difference here is that Dylan Brooks doesn't have that, sure. but you can see clearly that that could be in his future. Maybe not this year, but certainly could be in his future. Yeah, and the big thing there is you're trying to add weight. Uh, Lonnie Phelps was 245 pounds, which hurt him to not getting drafted in the NFL, but was good enough for KU. I think ideally you would have liked him to even maybe be heavier than that at like 250, 255 or something like Brooks that. Brooks is listed at like 235. Right? He, yeah, he's listed at 235 on 24-7. Auburn listed him at 232 last year, and I think coming in from high school he was 227. So this is a guy that needs to add more weight. So is that something where, like how doable is that going to be this offseason? Like sure, maybe you can add five pounds, but maybe long term if you're trying to get him up to 245, 250, 255, that might take a year or two in the program. Yeah. And when you look at last year, like the guys who did come on during the summer or in the fall who you brought in and transfer, it took them time. Like Lorenzo oh, yeah. McCaskill, it took him time to get going in the team. Kobe Baines, I don't, Kobe Baines did, didn't did play until like play? the end of the season. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like he was playing 10, 15 snaps by maybe the last like game or two of the year. Um, it takes those guys time. And so I, I think that Dylan Brooks is going to be a very productive player for Kansas in time. I feel like this year it's more of a depth piece. Like, like he'll get play. I think he played 140 snaps for Auburn last year. The pro football focus grades don't look great. He ranked 38th of 40 players who play, played a snap for them in terms of PFF grade. But that's playing as a redshirt freshman who's undersized at an SEC school who's playing against other offensive linemen who are gigantic. The Big 12, <laughs> the offensive lines aren't as big. He was also asked to play a little bit different of a position. They played like a 3-4. Kansas plays a 4-3, which will be better for kind of his body size. So I think he'll be a very good player with time. I'm just gonna try to slow the roll. That so you're if, just if trying, he's not the starter this year, if he's you know your third string defensive end this year, don't be alarmed. Yeah. So you're just trying to temper your expectations. A little yeah. Bit. Exactly. But still, you yeah, need I mean, more on, depth. You need more depth. It's like former four star recruit. Right. Wow. It's like, from, why would he not like, start right away from Auburn? Like this dude should be coming in and getting like ten sacks. Yes. <laughs> but I'm just saying. Well, maybe he has. Maybe he's a ten sack guy by the time he's done with his career. <laughs> but that could be in 2024. That could be in 2025. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. You needed more depth. You had injuries along along the defensive end group, and you get a guy with a very high ceiling potential. And who knows? Maybe he can make those jumps in. Yeah, exactly. uh, year maybe one, by right? the second half of this season, he does kind of become that game wrecking yeah. type player potentially. So absolutely a great move for uh, KU. But yeah. yeah, like I said, I'm not expecting him to come in and be like the best defensive lineman or anything right away. <laughs> Mikey Pauly is also very interesting. So he supposedly is coming on as a preferred walk-on. I don't know if that's because KU is so tight on scholarships that it's basically, hey, you're a Kansas kid. You come in as a preferred walk-on for a year. We'll take care of you with NIL. And then after this year, we'll be able to get you on scholarship or if it's just the entirety of the goal. But it's interesting because even though he is a preferred walk-on and you have a guy like Ben Easters who's on scholarship as your third string right now, I view Mikey Pauly as having probably higher potential 
than Ben Easters. And you might be saying, what's the big whoop? Like, you're talking about a third-string quarterback. Okay, but what about when we fast forward a year? Jason Bean's gone. Jalen yeah. Daniels is going to have an NFL draft decision. Potentially, yes. I mean, you could be in a situation where it's, it's Mikey be... Pauly, Ben Easters, and Isaiah Marshall coming in. Those three are competing for your QB job. Yeah, yeah. And for people that say, well, what's the big whoop about this season? We have Jalen Daniels and Jason Bean. Need I remind you yeah. of the Texas Tech game, okay, where your third-string guy had to come in in a, in a critical situation in the game to try to win the game, basically. So, you know, this is – it's it's a – it's a something that can easily be overlooked in terms of importance, but it certainly is, right? And it's a it's a situation where this is obviously a direct result of the loss of Ethan, of Ethan Vasco. You want to go out and get somebody who can maybe shore up that a little bit better, a little bit more, as some extra insurance for that position, and potentially compete with Ben Easters for that third string slot, right? And then, like you said, next season, Jason Bean is gone. Jalen Daniels, if he has the year that he started this season with for the whole year could potentially be also gone, right? Mm-hmm. And at that point, you're looking at, yeah, you're looking at Isaiah Marshall or Pauly or, or Ben Easter. So, yeah. well, so it, I, think it's a, I think it's a good move. It's it's one that is going to be pretty overlooked this season, assuming KU never has to get to the third-string quarterback like they did last year, but that could potentially have a, a higher payout in the next couple of years. Yeah, and and I don't know if Paulie's going to play baseball too. He's a good pitcher for uh, Nebraska. has a very strong arm. But he he's somebody who's I find very, like, I would, in the same vein of Brooks, like, I don't know how big of an impact he'll have in year one, but I think he'll yeah. have a long-term impact. It's not just because Mikey Pauly is going to come in and you're behind Jalen Daniels and Jason Bean, <laughs> but also, if we're talking about it takes time and you're the quarterback in a complicated offense with yeah, Andy Kolnicki. Andy Kolnicki offense. I feel like Ben Easters will be the third string this year. Maybe by the end of the year he can grasp it, but it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up beating out Ben Easters for whatever, whether that be a starting spot, backup, backup spot in the future. Yeah. Um. And, and I do think what's interesting with Pauly, he's a big, strong kid, really good runner. Like I, I've seen places that list him at 6'3", places that list him at 6'5", around 200 pounds. I, I don't know. Either way, he's a big, strong kid, good athlete, really good runner. His last year at Blue Valley Northwest, they won the state title. They killed Derby in the title game. He had uh, almost 2,000 passing yards in 13 games and had 23 touchdowns to six interceptions. Completed 68% of his passes, which is very good. His previous years, he was at 58%, 49%. Ran for over 1,200 yards his last year with 22 touchdowns. So dual-threat quarterback. We know KU likes to run that system. And if one of the questions is pass accuracy with a kid with a strong arm, well, you just look to this. Jason Bean went from completing 55% at North Texas, 56% his first year at Kansas, up to 64% last year at Kansas. I think Kansas will be able to get the best out of him and he has a lot of the physical tools that I think you're looking for in a quarterback in a system like this he's mobile he can run he's a good leader he's a good you know athlete all those sort of things that um whether he's a long-term backup seeing the importance of that role with Jason Bean yeah or he is someone who really can like take kind of those next steps and be a future starter like it's certainly one that I have my eye on a lot more than what would be a normal just preferred walk-on transfer and you know speaking of what he's listed at whether it's six three six five you know some sites have me listed at six two six three <laughs> six four well Depending. i mean some some places have you listed as having a 30 whatever inch standing vertical and we don't know <laughs> if that's true or not no that's a good point yeah that's a good point 
Okay. All right. Uh, he is Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. You're listening on KLWN, KLWN.com, the KLWN app. Depend on it. Thanks for listening to the Best of RCST podcast. And a reminder, you can catch our show Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 live on KLWN in Lawrence, 101.7 FM, 1320 AM, or anywhere you're online at KLWN.com or the KLWN app. Thanks for listening.